of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. Armies of the Spoilerverse. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to Spoiler Country. Don't ask what that was. That was a, I'm going to mess up. No, I'm not going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm just going to go with it. And today on the show, well, it's the co-creator of the Danny Ketch Ghostwriter, Howard Mackey, isn't it? It is, and he comes on and is talking about his new series, Vengeance, which is another character he created uh, in the Ghost Rider series, because, you know, Howard Mackey's done a lot of Ghost Rider stuff, and uh, Casey cool. and him chat about Ghost Rider and about Vengeance and about a lot of fun stuff. Well, instead of us sitting here just warming up, why don't we just sit back, relax, maybe drink a maybe drink a scotch while you listen to Casey speak with Howard Mackey in their own words. everybody we get into another episode of spoiler country today on the show we have well he is responsible for the danny catch version of ghost rider he is also one of the chief architects of the clone saga we have howard mackey howard how you doing man <laughs> I, i'm doing great but I, I complete deniability about the clone saga thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I, bl- I blame terry cavanaugh 100 percent for, for, <laughs> for, for, for that one <laughs> blame kavanaugh and defalco for letting it happen <laughs> yes exactly it was all them all them i i just i was an innocent bystander that was dragged along un, unwittingly and unwillingly uh into that which became the saga of a clone <laughs> so so b- before before that the yeah. the clone saga before uh ghost rider before mm-hmm. all that happened, how did you, what hooked you? What got you into comics in the first place? Well, I, I, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I have three older sisters, much older sisters. I'm, I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> and I'm, not, I, I'm no baby, let me tell you. And I, my sisters are eight, 12, and 16 years older than I am. So by the time I was, you know, of comic book reading age, most of them were, they had real jobs at that point, but were still living at home. And back in the good old days, you could buy comic books from newsstands, from Spinner Racks, and having grown up in uh, Brooklyn and New York City, 
every subway station had a magazine stand, you know, on, you know, on the platform. And my sisters wanted to be, you know, cool older sisters. So they, on paydays, started buying comic books for me. And to bring home and, you know, it started out quite frankly, as them not being willing to give up their Archie's and uh, Harvey comics, you know, lot of lot and little dot. And those were some of the first comics I was given. And then, you know, gateway drug, one of my sisters um, started bringing home Batman, Superman, Spider-Man comics. And, you know, it was uh, off to the races. I couldn't even read when they, (laughs) they first, uh, started bringing the the comics home, and it was I always credit comics at being the things the thing that got me hooked on reading in general so i I was looking at all the pictures and they would read some of the stories to me sometimes but I wanted to know how you could do it and they were, oh well, you look at these little you know word balloony things <laughs> and you'll you'll figure it out and so i i I aggressively sought out how to learn to read so I could read comic books. So <laughs> that, 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 that's what got me hooked initially. And I read comics for many years with, with friends in the neighborhood. And then I, I have very fond memories of like winter days going to one friend's house and sitting around their dining room table and all of us copying Spider-Man figures from issues of, of, of Marvel Comics. And it wasn't until years later, you know, trying to draw them. And it wasn't until years later that I, when I first met and got to work with John Romita, that I realized that it was his Spider-Man that I was, I was copying <laughs> back then, which was kind of, kind of a, you know, mind-blowing to a certain extent. I can um, imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was... It, it, it was fun, but then I then I stopped at a certain point. There were I, in mid-teens. I discovered other interests, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and was not. Uh, and you know, I, I just wasn't. I wasn't buying or reading comics anymore. And then I I met a guy who, as I always describe, we we. And again, this sounds way more impressive than it actually is. There was a, a a private swim club that we both belonged to. Now in Brooklyn, what that meant was it was all concrete, and it was directly underneath the L train. <laughs> okay, so so you, you got to you know the private swim club part. It was it was incredibly special. But I met this guy who, at that time, I was hanging out with the, the really cool crowd, and him not so much. And I, I always describe me as the, the nerdiest guy of the cool crowd and him the coolest guy of the nerdy crowd. And he was into comic books. And I saw some comics and he and I became friends. And, you know, he was instrumental ultimately in my getting my, my first job at Marvel Comics because his name was Mike Carlin, who went on to <laughs> be oh, yeah. editor an editor at Marvel and then editor in chief at DC comics. But yeah, that, that's how, that's how I got into not only comics, but the comic book industry because Mike at that time knew 
I didn't like the job I had. I mean, I made the natural transition, quite frankly. I was working for an exporting company as a traffic manager, shipping things to Australia and New Zealand, and I transitioned smoothly into editing comics. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, it seems, seems yeah, pretty... It was the know. next step, obviously. <laughs> and, and, you know, at the time, I was not crazy about the job. It wasn't, I, I loved the people that I worked with, but I wasn't sure where I was going with it. And Mike was really tired of hearing me whine every time we went out. <laughs> we, 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 we used to go, this was the, the, the early 80s, and we, we went to a lot of rock clubs and concerts at the time. And he was an assistant editor at Marvel and just got a promotion. Uh, and he was Mark Grunewald's assistant. And Mike just turned to me and points it out. So boring listening to you. He said, this job is open. Why don't you interview for it? And, and it was mostly I could do it because once Mike had gotten the job for what, two, two and a half years at Marvel, he was suddenly reintroducing me to the comic books. And so I was actually, I got very caught up on the continuity at the time. Oh, nice, nice. And so I interviewed for the the job and ultimately I got it even though I was shocked at how little money I was going to get paid <laughs> but I wa- I wanted to change but I really thought it would be it would be a very temporary position because it really did, I think I just found a pay stub it's really I, I really did not get paid very much money I had to take a significant pay uh, cut in order to become an assistant editor at Marvel at the and, time. <laughs> and then after that, you, you ended up overseeing the new universe line. Was that after Shooter had left or? No, I, <laughs> I actually was promoted after, I don't remember who the last person was fired, editors of the new universe line. I don't remember the order of them, but it might've been Elliot Brown <coughs> and then Michael Higgins. And then I got the, the, the promotion I was I was actually I went from assistant editor to managing editor which is kind of this at the time at Marvel it was this nebulous position but it meant that Tom DeFalco who was the executive editor at the time was my direct supervisor and I, I worked on like there was G.I. Joe Order of Battle and there were one-shot comics I did I started a couple of graphic novels and you, you did a lot of specialty comics, custom comics, that kind of thing. And when I think it was Michael Higgins got fired after Elliot Brown had gotten fired, and I and then that shooter came and said, "Okay, Howard, you're 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 next person up." As you know, because there were there were, you, you you tended to seniority had its privileges, and I I was the most senior person who was not a full editor yet. So that was why I would be next in line. And I really didn't want the job. <laughs> I was about to say, did that scare the hell out of you? Because I yeah. mean, just like historically, you were kind of, you were in some sites there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I went into Tom DeFalco when, when this promotion came up and I, I said, Tom, <laughs> I, I, I don't want this. Can you do something to, <laughs> to make it so I don't get this position? And Tom, who who's a very good friend of mine, and the thing you need to know about Tom is he he is is from the New York City area as well and has a manner of speaking 
that is very eloquent for a certain type of individual. And at the time, we all, Tom, Tom is actually just a wonderful guy, phenomenal writer, one of the best story guys I know in the business, quite frankly, but I love to make fun of him. And, but at the time, we all had to, it was almost, it was required that you had to be able to do a Tom DeFalco impersonation. Uh, <laughs> so when I talk about Tom, I will lapse into him. So I went into Tom and I said, you know, Tom, can you do something about this? You know, I really, I, I, I'd rather not get fired. I, I think I had just gotten married. We were thinking about starting a family, et cetera. And Tom, in, in his Tom-like way, said, ah, the thing of it is, Mr. Howard, you're screwed no matter what. <laughs> he, he, he said, because if you, if you turn down the promotion, you're never going to get a promotion again. And if you take it, you're probably <laughs> going to get fired. <laughs> he said, so basically you got one fit foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. <laughs> and, yeah. So I was going to take the position and I immediately started working on my resume, you know, to see what, what other things I would be qualified to do. And I, I at that point, prior to getting the, the promotion, we had booked, my wife and I had booked a vacation down to Florida and we had, you know, we were sharing it with somebody else and we had already paid, you know, our plane tickets were non-refundable and we, we had paid for this condo that we were going to stay at. And it was the first time I had taken any time off at all. And under normal circumstances, I would have, you know, just getting this promotion, starting this new job, I think I would have considered canceling my, or not going on the vacation. My wife would have been terribly angry with me, but, you know, it would have been, you know, a career thing. And I, but then I thought about it and thought, it's very unlikely I'm going to have this, this job for very long. And, you know, back then, I know things are done differently. Most jobs back then, you had to be working for a full year before you could actually get vacation time. You know, there was no accruing them gradually through the year. And so I said, yeah, screw it. I'm just taking this vacation. And we did. We went down on vacation. And then one day I was on the beach trying to relax because I'm assuming I'm going to come home, be fired shortly, and, you know, all that. And I, I, I'm sitting on the beach and the condo was a few flights up with the balcony overlooking the beach. And we, we were renting the place with my wife's mother and her husband. And all of a sudden, I hear my voice being called. And it's, it's my mother-in-law on the balcony and saying, Howard, there's a phone call from you from work. And, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm, I was assuming it was Jim to, you know, discuss something about the new universe. And I, I had to go um, take the elevator, go upstairs. I pick up the phone and it's Terry Kavanaugh, uh, who's a good friend of mine. And he said, Howard, has anybody told you? And I, I said, told me what, Terry? I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, uh, Jim got fired two days ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> and... I, you know, it shifted everything 
<laughs> for me because suddenly you know it didn't look like you know it, you know that that either my foot came out of the grave or the banana peel uh, disappeared <laughs> and and that was it so i came back to a very different environment at at marble and you know and tom was the editor in chief and mark grunwald who was the the guy that brought me into comics <laughs> essentially and was he was the executive editor, and those were two guys that I, I knew how to work with. Now, I heard they so, were both phenomenal to work with. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, as I said, Mark, well, both of them are our friends. Or, well, Mark is still a friend, even though he, he, he is not on this side of the, the earthly veil. But Tom, and Tom is, is still a good friend. I just got to, I was, last year, I, you know, the... the COVID times have uh, skewed <laughs> the oh, passage yeah. of time, but I had been at a, a, a convention in Honolulu with, with my wife and, and Tom and, and his wife, and it was fun just hanging out for a few days. It's not a, a bad way to catch up with, with, no, <laughs> with old exactly. friends. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Tom and I talk on the phone all the time, but it's, you know, getting to get picked up at an airport in a stretch limo that literally had a disco ball uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, <laughs> was, you know, it was kind of fun, you know, with, with the, the four of us being trans. I mean, we would have been happy with a taxi, <laughs> but uh, the, the convention went all out. So how, how does one go from writing Chuck Norris Karate Commandos number four to <laughs> doing the basically revamping Ghost Rider? <laughs> Well done, well played. <laughs> That's usually the one I have to remind people of. <laughs> uh, well, I, do you I know to... who I am? I am the writer of Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Number four. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There was a number five that never saw print, but yes, <laughs> yeah. It's I. I had written a few things before Chuck Norris, um, but my 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 first. Okay, so what was my first comic book credit? And you're going to just look at the internet. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was Iron Man, but I'm probably wrong. You are correct. It was Iron Man two eleven, and it that, was. Was I, that a fill in issue? How, how did that work out? Because that's that's like. Going immediately yes. from playing high school baseball to, to playing on the Yankees. Yeah, I, I have to say, a couple of years ago, I did a panel up in Boston in which it was, you know, breaking into comic books, uh, you know, comic book writing. And I was obviously chosen because I was the token old guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying to, trying to remember who all was, was on the panel. What is it? Matt Rosenberg? Is that... That is name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Every, everything. Yeah, really nice guy. And, oh, shoot. I'm so teeny. Um, I think Rosenberg's on Spider-Man now, actually. Yes, yes. Anyway, there were, there were like five. Oh, Jim Zub was on the. You know, totally awesome dude. Yep, absolutely. So the questions were round robin. And <laughs> I was frequently the last person or 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 some or close to and then at one point you know some they asked one of the questions was okay so what is the first paid writing assignment you 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 had <laughs> and you know and everybody and people had various web web comics which of course didn't exist when i broke into the business and 
you know, and, and, and things, things like that, self-published things, all really cool things that, you know, I would not have had the opportunity to, to do, you know, back, back in the olden times. <laughs> and, and then they come to me. <laughs> and I said, well, I, you know, but, you know for, first paid comic book was, was Iron Man. <laughs> I, I, I think I got booed by the guy, everybody on the panel. And, at least, uh, oh, and I, I'm, I'm really sorry that I'm forgetting her, her name. Oh, oh yeah. really odd that I can't remember her last name. Teeny Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. She was sitting next to me, and I'm pretty sure she smacked me at that, <laughs> at that point. And so then, then one of the next questions was, you know, okay, so, you know, so how many, you, you've been working in the business, how many comics, you know, how many stories have you written? And it goes around, Rob, and everybody had different, different numbers. And I think Matt was directly next to me on the other side. And he was very proud because he had said, well, I'm just about to write my hundredth comic book uh, story. And now again, I'm feeling a little embarrassed because I don't know. I think at that point, I, I honestly don't know what the numbers are. I think it's maybe close to the 700s right now. And I, I, so the only answer I could come up with was, oh yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I've, I've written just somewhat over a, a hundred comics as well. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think Jim Zub would not let go of that one uh, for, for the rest of the weekend. Uh, so, but the way I got that first assignment, Iron Man, because I, 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 I didn't, I didn't really have aspirations to to write comics. I didn't have as as I I told you, I didn't have aspirations to to edit comics. They just, you know, it was there. It was the job I I had to do, and or, you know, to make to make money. And I was Mark Grunewald's assistant, and Denny O'Neill was was writing Iron Man at the time. And Denny, for reasons not, you know, mostly unknown to me, he, he was fired from Marvel by, by Jim Shooter, which meant all of his writing assignments were done. He, he, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, he was an editor. He was writing Iron Man and Daredevil, I think at the time. And now he, he was done. And Mark had lined up David McElhaney, to, to come back on Tire Man with, with, with Bob Layton. And, but Nicolini did, he wanted to start with his own storyline, not, you know, not clean up Danny stuff. So Mark had to set up some, I think it was two months of fill-ins. And I, so he and I were sitting down to, to make this plan. You know, we shared an office and he said, okay, Howard, we need to find somebody to finish up Denny's storyline. And I said, yes, we do. And he said, it needs to be somebody who knows what his plans were and is familiar with the character. And I said, yes, it does. And he said, it's going to be you. And I said, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. And he gave me one of my favorite lines that I used both as an editor going forward and as a parent, because he said to me, Howard, you're mistaking what I just said for a request. <laughs> and, you know, meaning 
I, I'm not asking you if you're going to write this. You're, I'm telling you, you're going to write it. And, you know, his feeling at the time was, A, all of those things I just said, but he also felt like anybody, for anybody to be a successful editor, they should have some experience on the other side of the desk. So that you, you know, you, you, Which, you know that what, makes sense. what, yeah. And so, and he put me through hell. <laughs> now, I mean, I rewrote it, I don't know, five times. And yeah, at a time, <laughs> what just, again, to show my age, when cutting and pasting of a document involved scissors and scotch tape frequently. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we, we did not have computers. And so that was my, my first assignment. I really thought it was going to be uh, a one-off because I, I enjoyed writing. I'd always enjoyed writing in, in college, etc. I just never liked people reading what I wrote. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I kind of you know, blew that, didn't I? Uh, How did you get and, over the hangout? Uh, no choice. Suddenly you, 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 you do. Your income Iron is Man. tied to it. Yes. Yeah. Iron Man 211 and probably it had to have sold over a hundred thousand copies because anything that was below a hundred thousand copies at that time at Marvel got canceled. Um, so, you know, and you realize there's, you know, a uh, hundred thousand plus comic books with your name attached to it. It, you know, it, it, it does something to you. And I yeah. And I got, I got actually very positive feedback from Jim Shooter. He came into the office the day it, it came out, and he, he was very complimentary to me about the story. And then suddenly, you know, a couple of other editors just, you know, popped into my office and said, I didn't know you could write. <laughs> it's two of us. And, uh, you know, and then that is where the next assignment came from. <laughs> and it was Chuck Norris and his karate commandos. <laughs> Because I also have a martial arts background. That was the other. Oh, really? Uh, and so, you know, they, well, Howard, you know karate, right? <laughs> and yes, I do. And so good, you're going to write this, this comic. And one of my favorite stories regarding that was, <clears throat> and I think it is, it is the issue that got published, was Alex Saviak, who is one of my favorite collaborators. I he he was the artist on Iron Man 211. He was the <laughs> artist on, on Chuck Norris. And then when I eventually started on Spider-Man with Web of Spider-Man, he was the artist there as well. So I, I, I loved working with Alex. But he came up to the office one day and we were in the bullpen. And he said, Howard, you, you described this, 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 this move that Chuck is supposed to do. And he said, I, I, I'm not sure I quite understand it. I said, okay, not a problem, Alex. And I look around bullpen and there's a friend of mine who is an artist, who, wonderful guy, Keith Williams. He, I think primarily at Marvel, he was known as an inker, but he, he's, he's just a, a fantastic artist as well. But he, he had started out training as one of the Ramita's Raiders, as we referred to them, art assistants for John Ramita who was the art director to, to make any art corrections that a comic book needed. <laughs> but I saw Keith. I said, hey, Keith, come here. And I called, you know, he came over. You know, he was a buddy. And he said, do me a favor. Put me in a bear hug from behind. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess some, somewhat innocently or foolishly, he did. And then I proceeded to, it was a very rudimentary self-defense 
technique that one of my earliest instructors had taught us. But I knew it, it, it was very big motion, so it would work well in a, a comic book illustration. <laughs> and I, I broke out of it. I, you know, I gently, you know, elbowed him in the ribs and <laughs> broke, broke, broke the lock, and, and then I threw him on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> gently <laughs> and he said he was looking up at me and he said you didn't tell me and I said well that would have kind of ruined the surprise wouldn't it <laughs> and so yeah so that that was you know Chuck Norrison is karate commandos that's how that 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 came about because because they needed somebody and I, I suddenly was discovered as somebody who could string words together to form a story. And I had some knowledge of karate. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, so when you got around to Ghost Rider, how did that, how did that happen? Was that something that was proposed to you or did, were they just like, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to reboot the character. We, we want to do, we want to do something else with it. Well, along the lines of, you know, the Chuck Norris and the, the karate background, I, I also had set my head on fire. No, I, uh, <laughs> <completely>. <laughs> Mark, Mark Grunwald, you know, from, you know, with, with the way it worked back then and doesn't anymore is the editor and the assistant shared a space that was about, I don't know, 10 by 10 or 10 by 12. It was a, it was a small office with two desks in it. But what it meant was you got on the job training by, you know, listening to the editor all the time. And, and, but you also had the opportunity to talk a lot. And Mark knew that I was a fan of Ghost Rider. And a lot of it was actually, it was that period where Carlin was giving me free comics from Marvel. I got to read a lot of the, the Mark DeMattis. I'm sorry, I think he says his name now. Dimatteis, so I will follow that. Mark <laughs> Dimatteis, even though for thirty some odd years I knew him as Dimatteis. Anyway, he, I, I was a real fan of. Well, I mean, I'm a fan of his work still now, but I, I, I really was attracted to the way he wrapped up that initial run of Ghost Rider, when Bob Budiansky was the, the artist and. Mark just knew I was a big, a big fan. And so one day he had come to, I, w- I was an editor at that point. I think maybe I must've been done with the new universe, right? I must, yeah, I think I, I was already on to the, the Avengers books. But anyway, Mark came in and just said to me out of the blue, Howard, we're thinking about bringing the Ghost Rider character back. I said, oh, cool. I can't wait to read it. And, the, and then I thought he was going to ask me if I wanted to edit it. And, but I had a bunch of, at that point, my, my writing resume had grown a little bit, but nothing, no seriously regular work. I, I, I had, I had done a bunch of like one shots and, you know, I think at least one other failed toy tie-in called Air Raiders. And, and then I was the, one of the regular writers on the, Avengers Spotlight. At first it was called Solo Avengers, and then it became Avengers Spotlight because they realized it's better to rack <laughs> with the Avengers books um, because that's how these decisions are made and or were back when we had newsstand. And I, you know, I was doing the Hawkeye 
feature on Avengers Spotlight. So I, I had, at that point, had some, some writing experience under my belt. But he said, no, we, we'd like you to, to put a, a proposal in for the book. And I said, oh, really? Okay, I, I can do that. And he said, but there's one caveat. He said, you can't use Johnny Blaze. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I got all puffed up and then poof, kind of <laughs> deflated because, I, you know, I mean, A, Blaze is a really cool name. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was the character I wanted to write because that was the character that was Ghost Rider as far as I was concerned. And he said, nope, it's got to be a completely new character with your own spin on it. And so I, I did, I, I put in my proposal, but what I didn't know, and it was incredibly naive of me, quite frankly, was I thought I was the only person they were asking to, to submit a proposal. And that turned out not to be the case. And I didn't find this out until after mine was accepted. Oh, wow. There were five other people that they had reached out to, most of whom were seasoned writers. I mean, like, and I'm not going to mention names because, uh, you know, that, that, that would be. But, you know, they, they were guys that had I known they, that I was, like, competing against them, I would have said, no, screw this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, not going to set myself up to fail uh, or be rejected. And, but mine was the one that was accepted. And, you know, I, I, was, I was very fortunate. Of course, we could not, we almost couldn't get the book published. Really? Uh, yeah, because the sales department at the time, this would have been what, early 90s? Yeah, like, like 1990 when we were doing the, the, the pitch. The sales department had <laughs> decided that, you know, here was a book that, we were, that Mar the editorial was looking to bring back that starred a failed character, okay, because the, the original Ghost Rider series was canceled because of low sales. Yeah. And yeah. so a failed character with an unknown writer, which was, was true. I had some credits, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I was not, <laughs> you know, it was, Ooh, Chuck, oh, the writer of Chuck Norris and his Karate Commandos number four? <laughs> you know, uh, I got to get it. So it was, you know, unknown writer, and then a relatively unknown art team as well. And, yeah, yeah. you know, because Javier Salteras and Mark Texera inking, they, they, they had potentially more published work than, than I did at the time, but not a lot. <laughs> and, and so the sales department absolutely tried to kill it. And I mean, I've had this conversation multiple times with Tom, and I think only a few years ago did I learn the ending of it from Tom, but what they kept doing was asking us to change the formatting. So we, we had originally pitched it as an ongoing series and they said, it's never going to work as an ongoing series. So let's do it as a limited series. Limited series never really got beyond that at the time. So, and here's the thing about when you, when you do a, a, a proposal with, you know, like multiple issue outline and even the first plot, I worked Marvel method, which was plot and then script dialogue. 
as opposed to working uh, full full script like a screenplay. Yeah. And so, but every time you do it, it changes the rhythm and the formatting and all that. So I had to really go in and rewrite every time they asked for the formatting change. And so I rewrote it as a, a limited series first, I believe. And they decided that that probably wouldn't work. So we should do it as a one-shot graphic novel. So I rewrote that. Then they decided, hmm, that's not going to work. But at that time, it was, I think, shortly before that, a writer had come up with a, a unique formatting featuring one of those characters at DC called The Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> you know, so Frank Miller had done, you know, the... the the, the the Dark Knight. I mean, we we just referred to it at the time as Dark Knight format, which was again a limited series, but it was it was each issue had more pages and it was better print quality and all that. So I retooled it for that again, and then I think I'm trying to think they they suddenly decide no, you know maybe maybe we really should just do it as a a graphic novel. At which point Tom DeFalco, editor in chief, just said. Stop. <laughs> <You know. laughs> they did everything they could to make it as much of a yeah. yes. as they could. Yes. And, you know, pr- I think pretty much to get us to just give up. And he said, no, I have faith in this book. We're doing it the way I want to do it. And so he said, you know, we're going back with the original proposal and the original plot and the outline. So we're doing it. We're just launching it as a regular ongoing. And at that point, the person who was head of sales wrote a, a kind of a scathing memo to Mike Hobson, who's the uh, publisher of Marvel at the time, longtime publisher, great guy. And he just recently within the past few weeks passed away and saying all of the reasons why Marvel should absolutely not publish this, this <laughs> book and how it was not going to succeed. It was going to be, um, you know, was going to lose money, etc. That you know, all of the reasons that I I gave you, and and sent it, and you know, CC'd Tom as well, and probably a few other people, and Hobson chose to to ignore it, and we we published it, and the first issue sales came out, and I believe the first issue outsold the X Men. Which wow. was our 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 top selling like the flagship book, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And the the head of sales came to Tom's office and very gracefully, uh, graciously, she was standing in the the doorway with a copy of the memo, and she looked at Tom. He he. Just, this is the part of the story Tom just told me, and she just ripped it up <laughs> and, <laughs> and threw it in the trash and basically said. I was wrong. <laughs> and, and then sales just continued to go up. So we were very, very fortunate. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say that. I believe back then the way orders worked was issue one <coughs> could sell well, but since the store owners didn't really know the product at the time, issue two and three tended to drop off. They tended to order less of yeah. those at the time. And then issue four, if if it was successful, you know, went back up, and that that that's what happened with Ghost Rider. That's that's awesome, and yeah. there, there's so much rule of cool going on with the design for for Ghost Rider, and 
when it came out, I was a young comic reader at the time. I was, I was only eight years old when, when number one came out. Mm. Um, oh my goodness. I, I, was, I was only 18 when I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm lying. <laughs> so the, there is a, that character and like the Punisher and, you know, maybe even Wolverine and maybe a few other characters were kind of like the darker side of the Marvel yep. universe. Mm -hmm. And it was, it seemed like it was kind of aiming for a different, an older readership. And um, <laughs> except you were eight years old. What were your parents thinking allowing you uh, they, to read this? <laughs> I was at the spinner rack. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do remember early on being at a signing and like in a local comic book store and you know, they had advertised that, you know, writer of, you know, Ghost Rider, Howard Mackey will, will be attending. So I went there and a young mother showed up like, like a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old to, to get the comic signed by me. And I just, I, I just, I looked at her and I said, you have looked at this, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the con content wise, I, I am not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed. We, we had a target audience when I was working at Marvel. And while you may be right, we were skewing slightly older, but it wasn't a lot older. You know, we were always thinking our target audience was 11 to 15 year old boys. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that, and that totally tracks. In terms yeah. of storytelling and language content, and, you know, but, you know, five years old, you know, I mean, part of the appeal to me, even you're dealing with a flaming skulled demon on a, a motorcycle wearing leathers and spikes. I, I just don't know at that time. I, I, I don't think maybe eight, yeah, maybe, uh, but, you know, a, uh, you know, uh, a, a five-year-old, my, my kids would have been terrified of it, quite frankly, you know, just I mean, the, the imagery. Howard, be, being being honest with you, it really, the first time I read it, it took me out of it the first time he said penance stare, uh -huh. because there's yeah. no way that a, a person with no lips could could say penance. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my bad joke for the day. You know, I, I like it. <laughs> there, there are many. If I was being accurate with his, his dialogue, <laughs> you know, he's got no lips. You are right. <laughs> there, there's a lot that he couldn't have said. <laughs> but but, but yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. That's, you know, I, I will never be able to get that out of my head. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I've ruined it for you. I'm so sorry. No. So um, no, on, on the real, though, his, his like, group of, of villains that, that he would come across – Mm -hmm. are some of the cooler villains in the Marvel universe. Oh, and uh, I always appreciated that about the, the spirits of vengeance, the uh, ghost rider, all those lines that had so many really cool villains that, that really matched the tone of the book. And well, thank you. so stuff like that just made it, made it a lot of fun. And as, as a young reader, um, mm -hmm. Ooh, that looks dangerous. So uh, <laughs> automatically ups the cool level. Well, yes, because what we what I was wait what I was trying to do, and this is how I I think of Ghost Rider even now, and you know, and I, I've actually quite enjoyed some of the most recent Ghost Rider stuff that 
Marvel has done it. Even though for many, many years, I, I refuse. I have a personal policy of once I'm done writing a character to not read the character anymore. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the reason for that is I don't ever want to be doing one of these, <laughs> you know, the, this interview or be at a convention talking to a fan or, or something like that where they ask me a question and I say something that could even inadvertently be construed as criticism of, of a subsequent writer, because that's not, that's not my place. I, you know, I, I, you know, when I signed on to, to create the Danny Ketch character, I knew it was a work for hire, which means Marvel owns it all, <laughs> you know? So people can come in and do whatever they want once, once, you know, I, I'm off the book. As a matter of fact, I mean, I've done it myself. You know, you know, I ch- certainly changed Blaze when I subsequently got to bring him back into the book. But I also, at one point, I, I wrote, I was approached to write, after Ghost Rider took off, an issue of Moon Knight. Moon Knight number 25, I believe it was. And it was, you know, a double-sized issue, an anniversary issue. Mark DeMattis, DeMatteis, was, was, was <laughs> off the book. And... The editor, Danny Fingeroth, who who's a friend and I worked I worked with for many years on other projects, he he approached me and said, you know, do you want to take this on? And I had but because again, I'm a fan of of Mark's work, but I would never ever assume that I could write like Mark. It's not my, you know, it's not my writing style. It is my preferred reading, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't try to, I, I never tried to copy Mark because, you know, he's a much better, much, much better wordsmith than I am. And, you know, he, and he operates, you know, in terms of story on quite frankly, a different plane of existence than I do. But he had written a, as I recall, he had written a, a Moon Knight arc, which ultimately ended with Moon Knight coming to the conclusion that he wasn't going to be as violent as he has been in the past. So, you know, his fighting style was going to be more using the opponent's energy against them, more like an Tito type yeah. martial arts thing and things like that. And, and I, I, I said to Danny, I said, Danny, you know, I can't do what Mark did. That's not my kind of thing. I, you know, I have a martial arts background. They were hard style martial arts. I, you know, <laughs> he would be trying to use somebody's energy against them. I'm going for a throat punch. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I, I said, so I just can't do that. And Danny said, oh, no, you don't have to. Just do yours. So essentially, Mark does this great story. And my first issue, it comes down to, nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I am aware that that happens. Okay. But I didn't want, like I said, I didn't want, I don't ever want to read somebody's work and then say something offhand. I actually, and I'm not going to relay the story, but I, I have been accused of that once in, in my, my career <laughs> inappropriately. So I just, I don't read stuff, but then, mm-hmm. you know, what's it? Oh God, so many years ago, before COVID, I was at the last New York Comic Con that happened. I was walking around early the first 
morning and I walked by a guy that was sitting underneath a big ghostwriter poster. And, you know, and I could see he had some ghostwriter comics on his, his table. He, he was talking to somebody else. And, it, you know, he was the writer. It was Ed Brisson uh, who wrote yeah. the last ghostwriter series. And, you know, so I'm just listening to him talk about Ghost Rider and Danny Ketch and all that. And I said, oh, cool. And then he's done with the guy who he was, the fan he was talking to. And, and so then this old dude with a white beard, me, you know, said, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, Ghost Rider. I've, I've, I've always liked that character. He said, oh, good. And I can see he's like glazing over. Here's, you know, aging fanboy. I, I said, yeah, I, you know, I've always liked it. I didn't know they were doing a new, new. He said, yeah, yeah, I just wrote it. I did it with Aaron Cooter, who's I know Aaron, and he was at the table across the way. And I, I just stuck out my hand. I said, well, thanks. I've always liked the character. And, uh, my name's Howard Mackey, and he said, oh, that's really nice. And you know, and all of a sudden, he said, excuse me, what? <laughs> and I said, I'm Howard Mackey, and he said, you're Howard, and he's like continuing to. Um, shake my hand. And I said, okay, you know, yes, I am. And, you know, now, you know, this is getting a little awkward. <laughs> you know, you know, and he, he let go. We had a very nice conversation. He, he gave me a copy of issue number one. And he autographed it for me. And then I took it over to Aaron. And he autographed it for me. And the next morning, I did, you know, and I actually, I wish somebody had a, a camera and had taken a camera phone uh, or somebody had thought to take a picture of me because. You know, before the show started, I had the comic just sitting there and I thought, oh, what the hell, I'm going to read it. <laughs> and I just was sitting behind my, my table with my own poster behind me with Ghost Rider and other characters up there reading an issue of Ghost Rider not written by me. And I really liked it. I, oh, I, that's I, awesome. Know, I, I went over and I told him and I told Aaron and I loved, you know, he did things with with Danny Ketch and his, his Danny's girlfriend Stacy and th- that felt like a natural progression of the character that's going to be a great feeling yeah so it so it was fun and it was fun and so at the, you know anybody that came up to me to get like my ghostwriters autographed i made sure I said, oh, well, have you read the new book? And I held it up and I said, oh, you, you should definitely try to find it. And the, you know, the, the creators are on the other side of the room and you should go see them. And, and at one point, both Aaron and Ed said, Howard, we keep getting people coming over saying that you sent them. Aren't, aren't you supposed to be selling your own stuff? And, yeah, it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> you know, and, so it, it was, it was kind of fun. That's awesome. And yeah. You were talking about continuity earlier and, and about, mm-hmm. you know, coming in after other writers. And it, yeah. it kind of makes me think of the the night they drove old Dixie down, that the uh-huh. song by the band. You you take yep. what you need and you leave the rest. Yeah. That line. Yeah. It, Absolutely. And that 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 you know, I uh, thank you so much. I am going to steal that <laughs> and use it. Because steal away, man. <laughs> that summarizes my policy and feelings about continuity in general. And I have been criticized at times about not being a stickler for continuity. Okay. And I, I feel like continuity is a a gift that previous (laughs) generations of writers starting with Stan have, you know, bequeathed to, to those who come 
afterwards. But I also think continuity, when used the wrong way, can become the worst kind of shackles ever imaginable. Yeah, and so like... yeah, I, I I just I like to think in in terms of continuity in general terms. But I'll never get into, oh, no, you can't do that because in this issue, on this page, in this panel, there's this little thing that happened that says it can't, shit happens. That, you know, I mean, that, that's the reality. So I, don't think, I love, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think anyone can, could write a true to continuity story about Cable, for instance. Right. Just yeah. because his... Everything is so convoluted with his mm-hmm. with his storyline, and yeah. So, but even sure. Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man, you, you know, when when you've got the that many years of stories being told by different writers, there's a time at which you just have to say no. I mean, it's the thing I love about this the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they they're not adhering to comic book continuity but they are adhering to the essence of the characters. And as long as that's there, I, I, you know, I, I, I think that that's the most important, important part. So going, going back to Ghost Rider mm-hmm. and that, how, how did the uh, Spirits of Vengeance come about? Because well, that yeah. book blew mm-hmm. my mind. Good. Thank you. Well, and plus I got to work with, Adam Kubert, which was <laughs> a blast as well. I just, I that happened... little known artist, Adam Kubert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing I don't ever do, I, I mentioned about not reading subsequent writers. I almost never reread my own stuff. Really? Because, well, because I will, uh, in a, you know, inevitably either be disappointed or find some mistake that I made or that the editor made and it'll just irritate me. And plus by the time it sees print, I have lived that story and reread the story and proofed the story, you know, multiple times before it ever saw print. So I'm done and moving on to the next one. Oh but yeah. Re- recently I've had the opportunity to reread a few things. I, I, we may get to this. I just, you know, recently did some work for Marvel and I, had the opportunity to reread several issues of Spirits of Vengeance. And quite frankly, I was impressed. (laughs) And I I don't ever say that about my writing. I love that. (laughs) And now a lot of it had to do with Adam's artwork, quite frankly. He was was a phenomenal collaborator to, to work with. He's one of my favorite. I mean, I look, I overall, I've been, I've been blessed with the artists I've gotten to work with in my, my career. And I, I would run down the list, but I would a be slightly embarrassed <laughs> and B I would inevitably forget somebody major, but you know, I really, you know, there, I mean, just the brief list, I'm only going to, I'm going to limit myself to five and we're going to discount Javier and Mark because we've already <laughs> spoken about them and they're both phenomenal. But you know, I got to work with Adam, Andy, and Joe Kubert. Wrote, wow. <laughs> drew, drew one story that I wrote. 
But, wow. And then was just staying with the 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 Kubert school. I also got to work with Lee Weeks. You know. Oh, cool. You know, and then you know, and then guys like Ron Garney and John Byrne, and and then of course John John Ramita Jr., who's just a phenomenal guy, and also just one of my favorite artists. I just, I mean, so and again, the list really goes on, <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, and, you know, and I mentioned Alex Saviak and I got to work with Al Milgram, who's just, you know, his story, I'm, I, you know, I'm a writer, so I love storytelling, you know, and, you know, every guy that I just mentioned is, you know, uh, they're all wonderful illustrators, but first and foremost, they're all phenomenal storytellers. You know, my words don't have to be on most of those pages and you'd be able to tell what was going on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's the sign of a good, and you know, Alex Saviak and Al Milgram are, you know, the two guys that I worked with early on and they taught me more about storytelling. I, I, I really do consider them two of the best storytellers in the business. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even remember the question now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I, I was asking, you know, how, how you came about to to do oh, the um, yes. Hearts Spirits of Darkness. Uh, oh, Hearts of Darkness. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you would, we were talking about Spirits of Vengeance. Hearts of Darkness, it was, look, it was a sales thing. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. It was like, at that point, Ghost Rider was selling like hotcakes. So was uh, The Punisher. So was Wolverine they all occupied the same basic corner of the Marvel universe. And I always thought of it as being, you know, kind of the edge of the Marvel universe that existed in, in shadow, yeah. quite frankly, you know, down the darker streets of the, you know, if, if most of the Marvel universe takes place in, you know, Metropolis to, to show, you know, to do a cross company comparison, you know, those characters would all be hanging out in Gotham. For okay. sure. So, and, you know, I, I had an affinity for all of the characters. I had written them all at some point in Ghost Rider. And Marvel was looking for something that might sell. And so, I think it was Bobby Chase who said to me, Howard, you want to do something? A one-shot with Ghost Rider with Punisher and Wolverine. I said... <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and and John John Romita Jr. was approached. That was going to be the first time I got to work with him. And you know he he said, oh, <laughs> you know uh, again we we saw the potential in it making some money. So he said, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> and uh, and so that's how we did it. And it got me to to delve into you know, areas that I had not been going in Ghost Rider. It's probably the first time I went as supernatural as, as I had, I mean, I've done, I had done some stories prior to that with, with Nightmare and, you know, various somewhat demonic characters, but mostly I tried to keep it rooted in the main Marvel universe. But then Blackheart had been so utilized, and wonderfully so, in Daredevil by Anne Nesenti that I, I thought, yeah, I wouldn't mind <laughs> take, taking a shot at that character. So, yeah, I, I mean, so that, that's how that came about. But it really, 
it, I, I am being completely honest. It was, you know, we want to do something that's going to make money. And yeah, yeah. And again, and, and it did. <laughs> rule of cool applies here because I mean, it was really such a, a cool looking book. And mm-hmm. you, you were talking about how it kind of gave you license to, to get a little bit darker, a little bit more paranormal in that book. It, it also shows Danny being able to, to become ghost rider without the, his, his bike. Yes. Yep. It, and that's something that kind of was that, that was the first time you, you actually utilized that, right? I, I believe, I believe so. But again, going back to what I just said to you, I haven't reread many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been about 30 years. <laughs> yes. So yes, I, I remember snapshots of stories that I I've written, but I, I, I couldn't tell you specifically. I mean, that, that, that's being completely honest. Um, oh, and that's completely fine. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah that was such a, a fun thing. And the rogues gallery for, for Ghost Rider was always so cool. And yeah, earlier- well, I, I, I had tried just, just to touch on that. I, I really, the, the first 12 issues, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of the Spider-Man character, as you, you may guess as well. But I, and I have reread a lot of the early Spider-Man stuff, the, the Stan and Steve stuff, because I'm a big fan of, you know, obviously Stan and, and Steve Ditko. And I, I remember reading the first 12 issues, rereading the first 12 issues of, of Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man. And they introduced pretty much a new character every issue. And I, I kind of liked that. And so while I did have some guest appearances by, you know, I had Dr. Strange in the first 12 issues and a lot of that came about for a variety of editorial reasons, but that's why I was trying to introduce my own rogues gallery of characters with Blackout and Deathwatch and Zodiac and Snowblind, you know, characters like that. I wanted to give a sense of Ghost Rider existing in his own corner of the Marvel universe. And oh yeah. Not yeah. Char- these weren't villains that other people were going to have been fighting at that point. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you is, is my point. I, it was, <laughs> it was intentional and uh, at least it was uh, well received. <laughs> well, like earlier you were talking about the Spider-Man rogues gallery and um, <laughs> I, I hate to say this. I always thought they looked dorky as hell, like the, for, for Spider-Man and um, it, and that might be sacrilege, but there there aren't many Spider-Man villains that I think have a really cool look. But the, well, I, uh, I, I, the part of the, the thing is, I, when when I was reading those initially as an eight year old, it was a few years before you were reading them as an eight year old, <laughs> and you know certainly times have changed. Oh, for and, sure. And, you know, when many of those characters did eventually get, in my opinion, very, very cool updates. And I did, I wound up getting to use, you know, you know, quite frankly, I, I tried to, when I was, was writing Spider-Man later on, use some of the dorkier characters to see if I could bring an element of, of cool to them. And my, my favorite to use was the Trapster quite frankly, who started out, as we may know, recall, as Paste Pot Pete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and, and quite frankly, even 
when I, I think I mentioned early on, I was doing Avengers Spotlight uh, with these Hawkeye stories. And the way they started out was Mark Grunewald would just say to me, we'd have a, a lunch and he'd say, I want you to come up with a story for Hawkeye and use these two villains or this villain. And he would just randomly turn, it was, it was almost like a, you know, a game at that point, like a <coughs> Mad Libs or, 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 or something where, so I think the first story I wrote was using Texas Twister and a shooting star. Okay. And I didn't know those characters at all. And I thought, okay, I'll do it. And I wrote a story. And then, then he had me, he said, well, you're a ghostwriter fan. So I want you to use the orb. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember the orb, but you know, I think they brought him back a few times and he's a very different character and he's got some paranormal roots, but his original incarnation, he was just like this biker dude that had this, you know, globe of a helmet that shot out some sort of ray on this blaster. It was really a dorky character. <laughs> but so I, 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 to me, there is some fun in using the, those characters to see if you can bring some cool to them. Sometimes you really can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm but, uh, sure this a, a good, a good challenge. In a way, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a it, it's a good writer exercise, quite frankly. <laughs> so, so you, you you did the the Clone Saga for, I, I, for Marvel. I, I, I was part of the Clone Saga. Part, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And and <laughs> I'm gonna glance over that not because it wasn't a, a great story. I, I actually loved the Clone Saga when I was when I was an avid uh, reader from from the mm-hmm. Spinner Rack. Like yep. that, that kept me going back. And, and also another thing, one thing that, that hooked me for Ghost Rider when I was a kid is the, the covers by Tex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no. They, it was, it was, Fantastic. I have to say the tone of the book and I, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Javier's and I did just get to work with him again. Oh, cool! Um, and yeah, we definitely should talk about that because it's a Ghost Rider related uh, project, and it's coming out in at the end of this month. Can we talk about it? Oh, absolutely! But but I just wanted to say that the the tone of the book changed quite frankly when and you know your, your stories change for an art. I mean, if you're doing it correctly, as even doing it the the Marvel method, you need to know and trust quite frankly the artist you're working with. And that impacts stories. And one of, one of the things that I didn't even realize I did it until a couple of artists that I, I worked with said to me that when we were fir- first knew we were going to work together, one, and the first, one of the people that told me this was Tom Lyle, who he and I were, were going to work on Spider-Man together. And I, I always call an artist up, introduce myself. We have a conversation. And one of the questions Tom pointed out to me that I asked immediately, and I realized I ask every artist, is, what, what, do you, what do you really like to draw? What do you not like to draw? And do you have any favorite characters from the, you know, in this particular corner of the Marvel Universe? And that's not to say that that's going to completely determine the way or the stories I tell, but it can impact story quite a bit because you, you, I mean, you want everybody 
to, well, quite frankly, to be in their comfort zone, or sometimes you want to challenge, you know, the artist or yourself to get outside of your comfort zone. So you, neither one of you are going through the, the motions. And I, I did, I've done that with everybody from, you know, John Meter Jr. to John Byrne, where they've called me up after they've gotten my plans. Are you, are you kidding me? You're asking me to draw that? And, and it always, I mean, I remember saying to John Byrne at one point, oh, okay, John, I'm sorry. If you're saying that the famous John Byrne can't manage to draw <laughs> this one little thing that the insignificant writer happened to, right? Oh, you know, I understand. I'm sure the readers will understand as well. And then he usually would curse me out and then actually draw it better than uh, anybody thought he could. Um, but, you know, that, that's, you know, that, that's just the, the way I like to work. So I'm sorry. I, I think I, uh, I I wandered away from the original point. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 completely fine. So you you have this this project coming up at the end of the month. Can you can you yes. tell us a little bit about it? Oh yeah, and it's been <laughs> many years in the making. Uh, four years in the making, quite frankly. I had been con- I had I had been contacted by Marvel to do a Ghostwriter project four years ago, just a one shot, and. And at the time, the, the Ghostwriter comic that was being published was, oh, shoot, now I can't uh, remember the character's name, but the, the one that has been portrayed on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and who drove the car instead of riding the, the motorcycle. And the, the, the pitch to me by the editor was, it'd be kind of cool to unify the two uh, characters. You know, Robbie? Was that yeah, um, uh, the they? It's going to drive me crazy until I re- remember what the character's name is, and you know, and the Danny Catch character. And I said, okay, cool. And then we just a lot of things got in the way, you know. But I, I had other commitments. The the editor, you know, changed a few times, and and it it looked like that wasn't going to happen. Okay, and so time passed, and. Another editor came along who was going to take this, this project on, Mark Basso at, at Marvel. And he and I started kicking things around. And at that point, this new Ghost Rider series had, had kicked in with, with Ed Brisson. And so they wanted to, to change it, change up the conceit. We weren't going to use the Robbie Reyes is the character's name. Yeah. Uh, not, we're not, we were not going to use him at that point. They wanted me to have a story that would tie in with the, the Ed Brisson continuity, which was, and so the original conceit for this story was, it was going to be the annual for that came out during, during this, the current or the most recent series. Long story short, it got the book got put on hold during the original COVID shutdown, and during that time, then the series was canceled, and so it is no longer a an annual, but it is a one shot, and it, the the essence of the story focuses around the character that I created, Vengeance, who is another another version of Ghost Rider. He was essentially my answer to, you know, what I always say is, you know, what, what, what if Ghost Rider wasn't such a wimp? 
<laughs> and and it's I, I get to bring back a um, couple of other characters that I created in my my Ghostwriter and my Spirits of Vengeance run, and work with Javier. Javier does the full art chores, and it, I believe it hits the stores on December thirtieth. Oh, that's awesome! So, uh, yeah, so it that's was so cool. Kind of, it, it, yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, to to get back into that. Well, not quite that corner of the universe because most of it has to do with uh, vengeance breaking out of hell with the with the assistance of uh, Skinner a character that I had created in. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that is my most recent foray into Marvel and the, the Ghost Rider universe as it currently exists. And I, I, I would welcome an opportunity to revisit any of these characters currently, because and there was a time when I would not have said that. There was a time when I, you know, I, I really do believe in not looking backwards, but I did reason when I, w- I knew I was using Vengeance. I got to reread some of the Spirits Vengeance stuff that I did with Adam Kubert, and that's where I said I, I was actually very impressed by uh, by by the writer, that young whippersnapper of a writer at the time. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- there's fun stuff. I, I I think it would be fun to revisit these characters that have grown in the time that I, I I've left them. I'm so glad that you're you're doing something with Skinner because I remember reading the comic where you know where he first comes about and mm-hmm. it, his origin and it's terrifying. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was it was extreme for it was uh-huh. yes. For when you know as as a young comic reader the, when I first read it I was like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. uh, he's pretty hardcore. So that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was, you know, I mean, I, I, are, 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 do you write at all? I do. I do. Yeah, okay. Not good well, at it, but I do. Uh, uh, <laughs> please. Yeah. I'm still working at it, but you know, you always bring some element of yourself into any stories you do. I mean, it's just the reality. You can try to push that way far away as possible and just, it, 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 there is all which when when I look at uh, Ghost Rider, and I'm often asked about this. You know, Danny Ketch is a a version of me, quite frankly. You know, I mean, he grew up in the same neighborhood I grew up in, which was Cypress Hills, Brooklyn, directly across the street from the cemeteries that I used to hang out in. As a matter of fact, I went back to my old neighborhood to take photographic reference for Mark and Javier. When I when when we were launching the book, and then you know my father died when I was seven years old, and Danny's father died, and he was raised by a single mom, and there there are so many elements to my my youth in that story, and then when I as you know as I was writing that story, I was starting a family, and so a lot of my stories have to do with. Children being in danger sometimes, sometimes killed. There's some yeah. of the, the scarecrow stuff I wrote was, I think, some of the scarier stuff that I've done. You know, uh, the scarecrow issues in the, the, the regular series and then the fear one shot I did with, with Lee Weeks. And I mean, that was because, not because I like putting children in danger, <laughs> but because 
It's the most terrifying is, thing you can yeah, think of. For, for, for a young dad, that was it. And so Skinner, in particular, the, the you know, his origin and how he, you know, you know, got to the, you know, the decision he, the horrific decision he made that, that was, and, you know, in his mind, and I explained it a little bit in this, this one shot in his mind, he was doing the right thing for them, uh, yeah. for his family. And it just, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff I did. And quite frankly, I mean, probably more information than anybody needs to know, but a lot of the stuff I was wrestling with, with Ghost Rider at the time, I, I right as it launched, I had been diagnosed with cancer, totally fine, been, been cancer free for, you know, 31 years, not a big deal, but that had a lot, you know, there was, you know, it was like this, this, wow. this fright, frightening inner demon inside me, you know, that was, it was a ticking clock and that, you know, was how Danny Ketch felt about, you know, Ghost Rider within him. So, you know, in hindsight, and, you know, I, I don't think I did a lot of this stuff intentionally. You write the stories and then, you, you know, if you're lucky, you get to look back on them and say, oh yeah, that's why I did that. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's just the, the stuff you're going through. It seeps through to your writing at the time. And, you know, so everything from Hearts of Darkness to Skinner to my stuff with Scarecrow and 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 all that that you know that that, that was me <laughs> on on the page <laughs> that's that's awesome and, and what what's the name of this book you have with javier salteras oh he's oh, you gotta ask the difficult questions because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what the, the reason i say that is because they changed it a couple of oh. times uh Give me a second. I'm going. I'm going to use the Google. <laughs> you can always let us know in post, and we can. I, I just um, want to make sure to to put a uh, link up with it when we when we post the uh, the show. Uh-huh. And, and if you order it through my local comic book <laughs> uh, store, Mega Brain Comics in Rhinebeck, New York, I'm autographing. Uh, oh, copies nice for 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 people. And so maybe I'll I'll send you you guys the the link to that because they're on Facebook and Instagram and definitely uh, do. And we, we yeah. want to keep those places open. So mega brain. Yeah, exactly. Mega brain comic in Rhinebeck, New York, really nice guy. And yeah, I mean, yeah, really. He's, we, I also, I live in a, a, a town where we have a few celebrities, actual celebrities and both Paul Rudd oh, cool. and Jeffrey Dean Morgan have homes up here. Jeffrey Dean Morgan lives up here full time. And he just did a phenomenal thing for Mega Brain. Well, like right at the beginning of the close down, you know, they, they did a Negan one shot, the Walking Dead comic. Yeah. And anybody that, I mean, he was doing a really well-priced comic that for through Mega, could be purchased through Mega Brain and Mega Brain gets all of the profits. He was doing it just to be a nice guy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And he is a really nice guy. You Bad know. thing about him. Oh, no, I, I've, only, I've only met him once, but, you know, the, what he did for this local comic book store, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I could not be more grateful. I happen to be friends with the owner of the store, but he basically kept them in business. Kept them in the black, for sure. Oh, no, he, he kept them in business. I don't think they would have survived because they had just changed locations. And I, 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 yeah. And I really just don't think they would have, they would have made it. 
And he, he did this signing and he originally, I think he had said, no, oh, well, I'll just sign, you know, a hundred copies for you and put some money in, in your hand. And they wound up, you know, selling out in 15 minutes and he just kept agreeing to sign more. So yeah, just a really, really great guy. So yeah, that's, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying that as somebody who, who he's not a, a friend of mine, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I only met him one time, just could not have more respect for him for doing what he did for, for this comic shop. That's, it's that's actually, amazing. Um, uh, the, the comic I just wrote for Marvel though is called creatively enough, ghostwriter return of vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys look out for ghostwriter return of vengeance. And I, I think, that that's going to wrap it up. Is there anything else cool. you want to uh, talk about stuff you have on the horizon? No, I'm doing, I am doing some work for a, 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 a boutique comic book publisher that I, I am involved with. Actually it's Terry Cavanaugh is the, the head honcho on this oh, cool. one. And basically we, we create uh, custom characters for for people but it, it it is it is definitely a a boutique experience so uh, you you can read that it is not cheap uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is it is and it's called inksmith that's i n k s m y t h and you can find them at inksmith.com and get more information i i encourage everybody to to check it out, we we've had a number of books that we we've done, and they've been very well received by the people who have commissioned them. Uh, that, that's uh, that's awesome. Us, so. I'm looking it up right now, and uh, yeah, that is yeah. that's such a cool idea. It it it, it is, and it, it's it's fun. And I like like I said, I've been um, we're, well. I mean, Terry and I are are good friends, and it's something that just kind of came about naturally for us and and there people seem to be receptive to it so i i encourage everyone to to check out the website and see if it's something you would be interested in inksmyth.com that's inksmith.com and again it's ghostwriter spirit return of vengeance yes and man Howard Mackey, it has been an immense pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Same here. And I hope I didn't bend your ear uh, too much. I enjoyed it so much. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. If you ever have anything you want to promote or want to pop in again and talk about stuff, by all means, give us a heads up. It, it, was, it seriously was a blast. And thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Yeah, sometime you should get me and Terry on, and we'll 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 talk about the Clone Saga, and I'll completely throw him under the bus, and then I'll <laughs> I'll run him over, and then I'll back it up. <laughs> hey, hey, that that actually sounds like a blast. Everybody, Howard Mackey, Howard, thank you again, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Please stay safe. Oh, absolutely. And Same to you and everybody else out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the snow that you guys are getting. If that happens here, it, everything is shut down completely. Oh. Uh, where, so, where, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Where are you again? Birmingham, Alabama. So oh, that's it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit of snow, everything yeah. just grinds to a halt. Oh, so. trust me, I, I did a convention in Dallas, Texas, a couple of years ago, 
And I, you know, I had to get up at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning to drive to the airport and get there. And the, 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 the driver picks me up, one of the volunteers from, from the show. And he said, oh yeah, good thing you came in today. Cause you know, everything was shut down yesterday. I said, oh really? He said, yeah, we got like an inch and a half of snow. <laughs> and I said, I drove through eight inches of snow in my driveway to get to the airport. <laughs> so yes, it's, it, but this is what we do. And every, you know, every section of the com- country has their, their own natural disasters to, to deal oh, yeah. with. <laughs> well, so. Howard, have a good one and enjoy the rest of your evening, man. Okay. Same to you. Thanks for talking to me. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right, we're back. Oh, you took it from me. I was, wasn't paying attention. I know. Well, because you, you were you were taking a long time. Usually, you've already done it. <laughs> well, and your well, your your back's not as fun as mine. You're like, and we're back. Mine's like, and no. we're back. See, I had the excitement. And there. we're back. But we're back from uh, Howard Mackey and Casey. What do you think? Well, it's. I'm a huge Ghost Rider fan. Uh, I have been for a very long time. Danny Ketch is kind of funny because that was the first iteration of Ghost Rider that I actually purchased. Yeah, me too. You know, so uh, like I read a lot of Johnny Blaze because my my buddy Mark, his older brother, had a ton of comic books, and that's I read a ton of his 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 brother's comic books when we were kids because he just had like he had so many comic books, and he had been collecting since the seventies. Nice, and so he had a bunch of Johnny Blaze, you know. And so I read a lot of those, so, but uh, yeah, Danny Ketch was the first one that I actually purchased. And I was like, "Oh my god, Ghost Rider number one!" Yep. And I thought it was going to be Johnny Blaze because I didn't have any. I didn't have any knowledge. I just saw it and bought it. And but it was, I loved it. I, I loved that whole thing. They that was during the time they were doing the. Um, we've talked about this before. Yeah, what was it called? The Dark Universe? No, uh, Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. Yeah. And it it was great. It was great. And that was a great interview. Casey, as always, did a great job. Yeah, yeah. And back to that that's that ninety series. I I, I heard that one too, right? Is it that had that cool cover with him on the bike and the and then mm-hmm. it had the uh, there was the covers there was the glow in the dark covers in that series and uh that series was cool. And then Spirit of Vengeance was awesome. But Yeah, do you know a lot about Vengeance? I don't. I don't know. Not specifically, because I've honestly I've I, I read a bunch of uh Ghost Rider in the nineties when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then I yeah. got like talk about Frank. I got all those Marvel comics from my dad's friend, and he had a bunch of the old Ghost Riders in there. And then I read those Johnny Blaze ones. Um, and yeah. it kind of it, it was so long ago. I mean, I probably haven't read one of those since I was like seventeen. So it's kind of all blended in my head together. And I didn't remember the character of Vengeance until I went to look up for this interview. And I was like, oh, I remember him now, but I don't remember much about him. I remember he has a purple okay. skull, and he has a he has like this cool like these cool horns coming out of his mouth, going down. And you know, it has the same kind of a bike as Danny Ketch does. It's it's you know that that kind of stuff. But I don't remember much beyond that. Hmm. Have you read the? Have you read all the original Ghost Riders? Did you read like the first appearance of Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah, we did. An episode, we did a we did a we did a, a drinks and comics on it. We did, but I, I couldn't remember if you if you had a chance to read it or not. Yeah, well, I had to read it for that for the show. <laughs> yeah, well, you you can fake it, but I would never. It's just so funny, dude, because like that. So Marvel what was it Marvel Spotlight number twenty five? 
six. I believe it is six or five. It's Marvel Spotlight five or six. Five. It's Marvel Spotlight five. I have it. I have it somewhere, but uh, I think it's five. Yeah, it's For five. Sure. Anyways, it's five. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's just so funny because Johnny Blaze like literally does a satanic ritual to become the Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like they just came up and offered him. He like went out and got a book and learned how to do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. Uh, Danny Ketch was interesting. How long did it last? Do you remember how long that series lasts with Danny Ketch? Uh, well, Howard Mackey wrote the first 69, 69 issues for six years. So that's for, that's for a while. Wow. That is a long time. Six years is a long time. Yeah. And then now they have, um, what's the new one's name? Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes. He's pretty cool, too. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's a, he's a cool uh, cool skull design. Yeah, he's in. That's who they use. That's the iteration they use for uh, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Agents oh, of Shield. What's the name of that show? Yeah, Agents of Shield. And they're supposed to do a Ghost Rider TV show on Hulu, but they I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen or not. They got, no. they got canned for now, yeah. Uh, they, ran, they ran for 95 issues with Danny Ketch. That's a pretty. That's a that's a good run. That's a great run. Yeah, ninety five issues. That's Man, a, they yeah, should, that is a good. They should have done five run. more and then stopped at a hundred. You know, right? Yeah. Why can't you do those last five? Right. It just gives you a nice just round. Five 100. more. Yeah. That's kind of weird. What the? It's kind of funny. Tweet so, at Tom Brevoort and say, "Hey, what happens to the last five of the Danny Catch Ghost Rider? Why not go to a hundred? So the first 93 issues were released between 1990 and 1998, right? Uh-huh. And then issue 94 was released in March of 07. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Whoa. That is a hiatus of all hiatuses. So they did two more? It looks that way. Well, yeah, it looks that way. Were they standalones? Oh, the 90, 90, there's 94 issues in the one and one annual, it looks like. So there's one. There's a, the finale happened nine years later after the, after the series was done. <laughs> that must have been somebody at Marvel that just had a <laughs> crog and we got to finish this man I got to right you know I what I mean I want to know the story behind that yeah I want to know why it took so long because what an odd series to take that long to come back yeah unless it's info I'm seeing online is wrong but it says it it's what it says so it just looks weird it's like why would there be a nine yeah, we'll issue have to find out year? I wish we would have known that because we could have asked Howard that he might have had an idea. He wasn't working on the show on the series at that time. No, but he still intimately knows the series, so he might know something of why they did that. True, true. You know, if that's got, even true, he's got friends. He's got friends in low places. No, I got friends in low places. Oh God! <laughs> what happened to that dude? I don't know. He went away. <laughs> No, I saw his CD. I was wa- walking through Fred Meyer the other day, and they had a display with a new Garth Brooks CD. He's still making music? Jesus Christ. I was like, what? Wait, wait, wait what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's enough. That's hey, a show. That is a show. If you guys enjoyed listening to Howard and listening to Casey, um, which hopefully you did because it was a really cool interview, and Ghost Rider is, is really is one of my favorite characters of all time. I, I, he's up there with John Constantine, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Punisher, and just yeah, just one of the just one of the cooler ones. Yeah, and 
If you want to hear more in that vein, or maybe you want to hear some other comic book artists or other comic book writers, or maybe you're more into pop culture like TV shows or movies, I really, really want you to go over to spoilerverse.com and check it out. There's a ton over there. And check out our back issues. You'll be shocked with the people you find. And instead of listening to my raspy voice, I'm going to let you listen to Johnny's high, bright, not high. You don't have a high voice. I don't know why I said high, bright. Yeah, I was like, what are you You doing? have a bright voice, a but bright you don't have voice? a high voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, whatever that's supposed to mean. His uh, enthusiastic voice. <laughs> tell you what else you can find there. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can find uh, you know, other podcasts like Breaking Geekdoms <laughs> and Funny Book Forensics and Half-Ass Adventures and Nerds in the Crypt. And all that fun stuff up there, free to listen to, and lots of their back issues, you know, over a thousand, well over a thousand issues total, or back issues or episodes total, whatever you want to call them. We've got articles and reviews and previews and lots of fun stuff you can go check out and comment on. I've got a store where you can get a t-shirt, a face mask, or a hoodie or something like that and look fly as hell. And uh, we got a link at the top, or we can, not to the store, but we can also go to scpod.us <laughs> slash discord and join us on our public discord. All right. That was the most oddest and awkward of outros ever there you go and so to round it all up in an oceans of podcast we got cut out loud don't copy me <laughs> i have to, i have to follow <laughs> your cadence what compels you to do over the mind and read more <laughs> totally got that wrong but that's okay you threw me off you're like yeah. <laughs> you started it you know i did said drink a scotch because you're it's early in the morning you want to get drunk i don't know maybe fucking alcoholic right i hardly ever drink yeah me too me too it's kind of funny i I had some wine last night but nice sometimes it's nice though sometimes it's nice to get that edge off